Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Volume. Hoops Tonight is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. The football season is coming, and there's no better place to start making every moment more than with FanDuel. I just love using this app. It's super user-friendly and safe. They have such a deep repertoire of odds and markets for every sport, and they have same-game parlays. You guys remember the same-game parlays that Liv Moods and I were throwing out during the NBA playoffs for the volume. Those were a ton of fun. All around, it's by far the best sports gambling experience I've come into contact with. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code JasonT so they know I sent you. Again, promo code JasonT so they know I sent you. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. one 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Thursday, everybody. 
almost to the weekend. Hang in there. We are at the end of our top 25 players in the NBA list with number one today. You guys can all take a wild guess at who that is. Before we get started, you guys know the drill. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. I also have some uh, several clips that I'm going to reference today that I tweeted out that you can find there. That's the easiest way for me to show you guys footage from actual NBA games. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. And then if for whatever reason you miss one of these shows and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish them, we do release these in audio form wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. So number one, Mr. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, it took me a while to get to this point, as many Giannis fans will remind me. Um, But like I told you guys so many times over the course of the last couple of years, especially those of you guys who have been listening since I was doing State of the Lakers back in the day, um, but I'm slow to move people to the top. I'm a big believer in that's a position that we don't pontificate about. That's a position that you have a dominating grasp of. It's it's not like it always drives me personally insane when I'm watching an NBA regular season and people are like, "Oh man, Jokic is the best player in the world." And I want to be like, "He's amazing. I I I love Nikola Jokic. I know I love everything he brings to the table as a basketball player, but because he's killing everybody in March, we're going to put him over the top of people who year in and year out are playing in June." Like, that's disrespectful in my opinion. And it goes both ways. If Jokic ends up taking the top spot one day and he's there for three, four years and some other young player comes onto the scene and is playing amazing and winning a regular season MVP and, and you know, losing to a better team in the playoffs, I'm going to be hesitant to move that guy into Jokic's spot because I'm always the kind of player that is going to favor the people that have been there and done that time and time again. And I was very hesitant to move Giannis ahead of the likes of LeBron um, because of the fact that even though he had been showing us a great deal, it's different to do it once than it is to do it time and time again. And there was obviously some things that went Giannis's way in that playoff run in 2021. I specifically was hesitant as it pertained to his playmaking ability. In that Boston Celtics series, that was the final straw for me. Him averaging over seven, seven assists per game. Me watching the film and watching Boston Celtics defenders hesitate to offer help on Giannis because they were worried he was going to make passes and that opening things up for him to get to the paint and make eight field goal attempts in the restricted area per game in this playoff run, that was what did it for me. I was seeing now multiple playoff runs in a row, the 2021 year that he won the title, and this year where he lost, but lost in spectacular fashion, that was demonstrating to me consistency that I hadn't seen from Giannis in previous seasons. It was ugly in 2020. It was ugly in 2019. There were reasons for us to be hesitant there. I wanted to see that 2021 wasn't a fluke, and Giannis showed that. So he's got my top spot now, just for me personally. And he's going to be there for a long time. It's going to take a lot for me to see somebody to knock him off of that spot. I believe that his two-way impact is substantially greater than any player in the NBA. 
I think he's on a tier by himself atop the league. And this is the first time I've said that about a player since LeBron almost 10 years ago. We're talking like 2012, 2013 was the last time I saw a player like LeBron be significantly better than even the second best player in the league. I think he's got a stranglehold on that position. So I'm, I, I'm excited to dive into his game a little bit today. You know, Giannis gets frequently portrayed as just a brute force monster, which he is. Uh, but there is a lot of, uh, of, of, of detail to his athleticism that separates him from other great athletes around the, the league. I want to spend some time uh, diving into that today as well. You guys know the drill. Strengths and weaknesses, biggest hopes, biggest fears, and biggest what if. So Giannis in this regular season averaged 30 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, 63% true shooting. That's outstanding. Uh, in this playoff run, 32 points, 14 rebounds, and 7 assists on 55% true shooting. His efficiency tanked because of the Celtics series. Don't take that personally. Almost every player that ran into Boston, their efficiency tanked pretty much except for Steph and Jimmy Butler. Everybody else seemed to fall apart against that Boston defense. And a lot of what happened with Steph had to do with scheme and Jimmy Butler is a, an anomaly. None of the statistical things about him make any sense whatsoever. Um, but so I'm not too concerned about Giannis's efficiency taking a dip. I thought the Boston Celtics series is uh, the Boston Celtics series was one of the most impressive losing efforts that I've ever seen. So with Giannis's strength, you can't start anywhere other than the fact that he is an unstoppable athletic force on both ends of the floor. He led the league this year with 6.6 restricted area makes per game on 77% shooting. He bumped that up to 7.8 restricted area makes on 74% in this playoff run against teams that were scheming against deliberately trying with every bit of their personnel and attention on defense to stop him from getting to the paint, he was still getting there and scoring eight times per game on 74% shooting. I was watching a bunch of film on him this morning, and I was aware of this in the Celtics series, but it was even more jarring to go back and look. It's amazing to me how wing defenders are useless against him. Wing defenders are one of the most valuable pieces that you could have on a basketball team in the modern NBA because of the way that the game is spaced out and the need to contain ball handlers. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are two of the best perimeter defenders in the game. I said in the Jason Tatum segment that I think he is the best perimeter defender in the game. Those two guys had no chance against Giannis in that playoff series. If they got switched on him, it was a basket. They were completely and utterly useless. Go to my Twitter feed. I grabbed a couple of examples to demonstrate it. But if you go to my Twitter feed and scroll down, you'll see some video clips that show Giannis getting Tatum and Brown on switches and them basically being tissue paper. The best perimeter defender in the league and another really high-level perimeter defender, tissue paper against Giannis. It's, it's such a weird matchup problem. You have to guard him with a big... But bigs are too slow. So the only bigs that you'll see perform okay against him are the very best defensive players in the league. And even taller guys like uh, like Anthony Davis and Rudy Gobert, they struggle because of how low, uh, how low Giannis' center of gravity is and how easy it is for him to get around them. 
It's it's honestly funny that Al Horford does as well as he does in individual matchups against Giannis. And really all that has to do with his up here, he's he's a very savvy defender. He's good at anticipating where you're going to go. He's very big and strong, and he's laterally quick. He's good at beating you to spots. Honestly, the best type of defender you can throw at a Giannis is a big athletic forward that's very strong. And there's only a handful of guys like that in the entire league. We're talking like LeBron James, you know, maybe Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi had some success in 2019 against Giannis by going after his handle with his long arms. Giannis is a hell of a lot better now than he was back in 2019. I think that's why Grant Williams had some success. He's a barrel-chested, big, strong forward who has some lateral quickness and some good defensive instincts. And all of those guys I mentioned, including Al Horford and Grant Williams, they can hold their own for a handful of possessions, but they will eventually give way. And they did in that playoff series as it progressed. I think the if I was building a defender to guard Giannis, it would be LeBron, and I'd love to see him get a chance to go against him in a playoff series, but I believe even someone the likes of LeBron James would eventually succumb to the physical onslaught of Giannis. Obviously, Giannis's ridiculous athleticism is part of what makes him the best defensive player in the world. We talked about this a lot with Steph Curry yesterday when I was talking about the difference between Steph and the other players at the top of the league. Steph is a very good defensive player. And if you put him in a system, he will be a productive defensive player. He's good at playing passing lanes. He's a good positional defender at sliding his feet, contesting shots without fouling. Steph is very good. But Steph can't like hit the athletic jets and shut down an offense by himself. Giannis can do that. Giannis can dominate basketball games as a defensive player. Similar to LeBron James in the 2016 Finals, the defining moment of Giannis's career is him blocking DeAndre Ayton on the, at the rim on a possession where he wasn't even guarding Ayton. He was on Booker in a drop coverage and turned out of his contest to block DeAndre Ayton at the rim. That swung an NBA Finals series. That's the level of impact that Giannis can have as a defensive player when he hits the Jets. It shows up in rebounding, dominant rebounder, 14 rebounds per game in the playoffs. That's ridiculous. You see him, he's playing over right now for Greece in the uh, 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 prepping for the World Cup, uh, the FIBA World Cup or World Championships, whatever they call it. And the dude's putting up straight Wilt Chamberlain numbers, like 50 and 20 and 15. <laughs> Just completely ridiculous stuff. Obviously, he's a great shot blocker as well. One of the biggest ways that I saw this manifest on film is when he's around the rim, teams just don't even try to go in there. He did the, for whatever reason, it, it, he just, well, I know the reason. He's so terrifying down there that people are just scared to even try to challenge him at the rim. Giannis's athleticism and his ability to get to the rim and his ability to affect games on defenses, that on defense, that's his best skill. And there's not a single athlete in the league that can hang with him in that regard. He's turned himself into a serviceable mid-range shooter in the regular season. He shot 42% on three attempts per game this year. That has not translated to the postseason over the course of the last couple of years. He also has added a decent little hook shot in the lane. 
Um, but he'll do. This is a shot that you. It's ironically, it's the first post move you teach young basketball players. But for Giannis, with his athleticism, it's a completely unguardable move. He'll have the ball in his right hand on the left block, and he's going to power dribble, hit you in the chest, and then take a big step into the lane and just go high with his right hand. He'll protect the shot blocker with his left hand, and he's going to make a good percentage of those. He shot forty-one percent on three attempts per game inside the paint, outside the restricted area. Once again, the problem there is it has not translated to the postseason yet, but we'll get to that when we get into his weaknesses. Um, Giannis has a relentless motor. And not like the Russell Westbrook, oh, I just yell and scream hard motor. He's got the I try hard on every single offensive and defensive possession motor. Kind of reminds me of old LeBron, or excuse me, young LeBron, like back in Cleveland before he went to Miami and a little bit when he was in Miami, where it was just seemingly like this endless ball of energy that no one could keep up with. When other teams would go through lulls where they'd stop trying hard, LeBron would be getting run out dunks and things along those lines. Compared to LeBron now, and he can't be bothered to try on three out of four nights. But Giannis doesn't have that issue. Giannis is relentless in the in the manner in which he keeps coming at you. And that's why that can have a wear and tear effect on defensive players like Al Horford and Robert Williams. They're big and strong enough and mobile enough and smart enough as defenders that if you put them in a possession in front of Giannis, they can probably force him to shoot over the top. That's great. And they did it for a game. And then they did it for a second game. And then they did it for a third game. And then all of a sudden, they weren't getting in front of Giannis. And then all of a sudden, that, that, that effort was too much for them to match what Giannis was bringing at them on a possession-by-possession possession basis. That's where Giannis's relentless motor comes in. He's not going to be the one that settles first. He will occasionally take threes and things like that as a rest possession, but you bet your ass he's going to try to knock you over <laughs> 20 or 30 times a game. And if that amounts to 200 times in a playoff series... Chances are right around that 80th or 90th time, you're going to get tired of getting in front of him and he's going to start going right around you. There's not a lot of skill set stuff for me to get into with Giannis. Like I'm not going to sit here and talk about Giannis's fluidity like I did with Steph or Paul George. I'm not going to sit here and talk about Giannis's shooting ability the way I have with so many players on this list. He's adding that kind of skill. And who knows where that'll end up towards the end of his career, but it really is purely physical dominance at this point. But there is a ton of detail in his physical dominance. There are a lot of big athletic people in the world. So why is it that Giannis is as successful as he is and so many are not? One, he can handle the basketball. There are a lot of guards at lower levels of basketball that can't dribble the way that Giannis can. That takes an, a great deal of work. That's what allows him to get to places where he can be a threat scoring the basketball without having to be set up by his teammates. Footwork is a huge deal. Footwork is one of the most underrated areas of athleticism. Uh, as many of you guys know who have listened to the show for a while, I coach high school basketball. Now, with my job, I primarily help in the mornings. Um, in the partnership that I have with the head coach that runs the program, I go up there in the mornings and I train the kids. And when I'm working with them, I work on footwork a ton because I think it's very important for attacking closeouts, guards, navigating screens, things along those lines. There's a million different ways that footwork is used in the game of basketball. 
But you'll be surprised in, uh, how often like I'll be like, hey, we're going to work on attacking closeouts. We're going to do a jab step here. You're going to fake a rip through jab step. You're going to take a dribble to the left and shoot a pull-up jump shot. And they will travel every single time. And I'm, I'm not insulting the kids. That's just the reality of footwork. A jab step pull-up going left without dragging your left foot on the jab step is extremely difficult footwork. And a lot of people struggle with that. That's just one simple thing. That's one very basic piece of footwork that takes a great deal of effort and focus and repetition to get down. Now imagine that for every one of Giannis's moves, his Euro steps, his spin moves. If you guys look at those Twitter clips that I uh, talked about with him destroying Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, it's a lot of spin moves. You know, Giannis has like even like a little bit of like a a chicken wing that he uses when he's trying to get around you on a hard drive to the basket. And he'll take an extremely long step and get his left elbow just barely around your shoulder. He doesn't do a dramatic one. If he does, he gets called for an offensive foul typically. But he'll just take that big step and he'll just slightly pin his elbow on you as he's going up to the rim and he's right past you when he does that. There's a great deal of coordination to what Giannis does with his athleticism. He had a game winner in game three against Boston. If you guys remember it, series is tied at one. Milwaukee plays really well for the vast majority of game three, but then Boston goes on a big run in the fourth quarter and ends up taking the lead. And at one point, the Celtics are actually up 100 to 99, and Giannis catches the ball and takes a hard dribble to the middle. He's being guarded by Grant Williams and takes a nasty Euro step back to the left, and Grant Williams is left in the dust, and Giannis gets a layup. Again, I believe it was out of timeout. Out of a timeout against the best half-court defense of this era where the coaches set up a plan to keep Giannis from getting to the rim and through coordination and footwork, he was able to navigate around Grant Williams and get into the basket. The spin moves that he hits Jason Tatum with and Jalen Brown, he gets that right foot in on the left side of Tatum and Brown so that he can pirouette around them and hit them with his left shoulder to get that separation to go to the rim. And he's so big and strong that on most of the possessions, the wing will just get out of the way. They don't want to try to hold their ground because it's going to hurt. The bottom line there is the reason why I say all of that is footwork is a lot harder than it looks. And when you see Giannis looking remarkably coordinated and getting wherever he wants to with his athleticism, don't mistake that for just natural ability. Giannis has a great deal of natural ability, but he has also worked extremely hard to become extremely coordinated, to have very good footwork, and that's a huge part of why he is so effective on the offensive end of the court. <clears throat> I told you guys uh, before I had Giannis number one, that the number one thing I was looking for was not shot making, which we're going to get to, but passing the basketball. Because the reality is, is what stops Giannis from getting to the rim is not the defender, typically. It's not like Giannis has to shoot jump shots because he can't get by his man. He shoots jump shots to rest. Those are, okay, I've, I'm exhausted because I've been busting my ass four or five possessions in a row and Al Horford's playing way off me, why don't I take this three? That's, that's what he's using the jump shot for. Those are rest possessions. The actual dynamic at play is, can I get to the rim? And in single coverage, he can, but eventually teams build a wall on him and make it so that, okay, you're starting to 
treat Grant Williams like tissue paper. Let's put Marcus Smart on your left side and Jason Tatum on your right side. Which way are you going to drive? There's a defender waiting there. I always felt like the most important part of Giannis's development was passing and the ability to get defenders away from that wall so that he could get back into single coverage to get to the rim. And all of that was resolved for me in the Celtics series. He averaged 7.1 assists, which is better than KD managed, and KD, to that point, had been a better playmaker in his career. He averaged 7.1 assists. His turnovers were high, but... Excuse me. His turnovers were high, but everybody's turnovers were high except for Steph and Jimmy Butler against Boston in that defense. What it really started to stand out to me in the film was the way that defenders started to think twice before offering help. There were several plays where, then I have a clip of uh, one of them on my Twitter feed where Giannis is barreling down the rim and you see Marcus Smart like go like he's going to go try to take the ball away, but then freak out and turn and run to the shooter in the corner. And similar plays from Jason Tatum. This is the thing that I talked about a lot with LeBron. One of the reasons why LeBron is so efficient is teams are terrified to send help to him. So he's frequently operating in single coverage. Now, Giannis isn't to that level yet, but he's making enough reads as a passer that he's starting to earn more single coverage opportunities. Now, one of the things that I'll give some credit to Mike Budenholzer here, they do make his reads easy. They either clear the side for him or they let him operate in the middle of the floor. There's always shooters in the corner. There's typically someone in the dunker spot. And if the shooters are in the corner and the defender ends up running out, they will cut back door. There are a bunch of plays in this playoff run where Giannis hit Pat Connaughton or Grayson Allen cutting along the backside for easy layups under the basket just because he's keeping his head up and paying attention to what's happening around him. They have simplified his attack. They get him in positions where he has an advantage and they give him easy reads to make out of that. He's making the reads and teams are starting to get scared to help. That development is what put him on top of the league for me. That was what Originally, I was concerned as to whether or not he had that ability. And for two seasons in a row now, he's demonstrated that. And I thought that Celtics series was the best playmaking that I've seen him flash against an elite defense in a high-stakes situation. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It is an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. CJ will bring his A-list comedian buddies to keep it light and fire off some hoops takes. Plus, John will be inviting current and former NBA players, friends, and teammates to join the show as well to give their unfiltered accounts of what really goes on in the league from a player's perspective. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Lastly, on the on the strengths for Giannis, he's just a complete and total force of positive energy. It's infectious in the impact that it has on a locker room. What does that mean? It means he's an outstanding leader. And it means that is fun to root for, and it means that it's the perfect kind of guy for us to have as the face of the league. We're going to talk a little bit more about this when we get to the uh, greatest hopes. But one of the biggest reasons why I think it's good that Giannis is heading on an all-time trajectory is his story is so interesting. The definition of humble beginnings. It's very different from a LeBron James-esque type of story. Now, when it comes to those lists, I'm not going to factor that in. All I care about is the basketball. But it just makes Giannis a fun guy to root for. And when he has success, it's a moment we can all appreciate rather than him being an unlikable prick that half of the world hates you know what I mean like it's not and I'm not saying that's LeBron I'm saying that a lot of people out there are like that this is not Giannis Giannis is a fun guy to root for all right his weaknesses I've got one he's unreliable scoring away from the rim especially in the postseason so in this playoff run he was 93 for 126 in the restricted area 74 percent that's outstanding eight makes per game that's ridiculous But he was 23 for 71 in the paint outside the restricted area, only 32%. 15 for 47 in the mid-range, only 32%. 0 for 2 from the corner and 9 for 38 from above the break, which is only 24%. Overall, he was 47 for 158 outside of the restricted area, which is only 29.7%. Even in his championship year, the year they won the title the previous season... He was 73 for 212 outside the restricted area, which is 34%. Outside the paint, he was only 25% in that playoff run. So every time he makes one, even though you're feeling helpless in those moments, it's not the reality of the result. He's going to miss the vast majority of his shot attempts that aren't layups when he's in the playoffs. Now, he's making more mid-range jump shots in the mid-range, excuse me, in the regular season than he used to. Hopefully that eventually translates. Obviously, if he starts to figure this out, then everyone's screwed. But as of right now, that's his one big weakness. If you can keep him from getting to the rim, he will miss shots. But outside of that, there is no weakness. He's the best rim scorer in basketball. He's a better playmaker than most wings already. He had lots of turnovers versus Boston, but so did everybody, basically. Except for Steph and Jimmy, like I said. He has no defensive weaknesses. These are just rest possessions that he's not converting at a high rate right now. But if he does get to the point where he can convert those, again, we're all screwed. The one other really nitpicky thing is that that specific dynamic of shooting over the top of the defense away from the rim has been somewhat of a problem in clutch situations in the postseason. He played 11 clutch minutes in this playoff run. It was either 11 or 13. I'm just going to say 11. He, had, he played 11 clutch minutes in this in this postseason run, only made two field goals and had four turnovers. And his team lost those minutes. I think he was minus four in 11 minutes. Now, again, in the regular season, he's been a very good clutch player. But in that postseason setting, when teams are really dialed in and taking away the paint 
he's not capable of making shots over the top. But even then, it doesn't matter because they have Chris Middleton, and he kind of fills that role for them. And that's what makes the Bucks so scary when they're healthy. Um, but that, 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 again, if he starts consistently scoring over the top of defenses and is able to create shots for himself over the top of defenses in clutch situations, then it's over. Then we're... Then we'll be talking about one of the most dominant stars in league history. He's going to rip off a ton of championships in a row, and no one's going to be able to do anything with him. That's his only weakness. If he figures that out, it's over. There's, there's nothing anybody's going to be able to do. All right, biggest hopes. Kind of like I said earlier, if he figures out that shot-making piece, uh, then he is going to have a dominant run, and he's going to enter the GOAT conversation. And with his humble beginnings, that'd be a really cool story. To have a player like that, a 15th overall draft pick, to get into this position where he could be potentially on you know top five basketball player of all time, that's remarkable. And most importantly, and you know th- this is just for me personally, I hope that Giannis gets appreciated for his level of skill. You know, this is James Harden's fault with the whole running and dunking thing, but people underestimate how hard he had to work to get to the point where he could handle the basketball the way he does. People have underestimated the amount of work it took to get to the point where he could pass the basketball the way that he does. Like that, That's not easy, especially without having grown up playing the game. Like He got into the game so late, it typically takes decades to learn how to pass the basketball, which is why most of the best passers have been guards since they were kids. Giannis doesn't have that advantage. And he averaged 7.1 assists against one of the best defenses I've ever seen. That can't just be running and dunking guy anymore. You have to acknowledge the skill there. And then like we talked about earlier, the footwork. Giannis is not just a big, strong athlete. He is a remarkably coordinated, big, strong athlete. He is a remarkably coordinated, big, strong athlete that has spent an enormous amount of time and repetition turning himself into an athlete that's difficult to handle. There's a clip that I posted um, from this semifinal series against Boston where Giannis is dribbling at the top of the key and he kind of slowly navigates over to the left wing and gets a switch uh, off of Horford onto Jalen Brown. Again, Jalen Brown, a great perimeter defensive player in this league and one of the best athletes we have at the position in this league. Giannis does an in-and-out dribble, and just drives left. It's not bully ball. He doesn't do the chicken wing thing on Jalen. He doesn't elbow him in the chest. He doesn't run him over. He goes around him. And Jalen Brown has no chance. It's a straight-up blow-by, and Giannis is hanging on the rim. That's coordination. That's foot speed. That's stuff that takes a whole lot of work. And I, and my biggest hope for Giannis is that people eventually give him the appropriate level of respect for the amount of work he's put in, not just his natural set of physical abilities. My biggest fear with Giannis is kind of like what happened to LeBron throughout his career is that he never finds a consistent and reliable co-star to take some of the weight off of his shoulders. Like, Chris Middleton breaks down physically in this playoff run. He also has been somewhat inconsistent. Drew Holiday is like the model of inconsistency offensively. Best defensive guard in basketball, but 
on the offensive end, he can be very hit or miss. Just ask Buck, Bucks fans. Kind of reminds me of the LeBron thing where it's like, didn't have a reliable co-star at all for the first seven years. Goes to Miami and Dwayne Wade's great for like one and a half seasons, but then he falls apart physically. Kyrie Irving falls apart physically. Ke- Kevin Love falls apart physically. Anthony Davis falls apart physically and can't be bothered to care ever since the bubble. LeBron has never had like a straight up dude in the trenches with him for like five years in a, in a row. He's just never had that. He's never had like a real partner in crime. And who knows, maybe Chris Middleton becomes that guy for Giannis. But if he never gets that guy, if it's kind of like a combo of mixed results from Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton, and he never gets another legit co-star, he's not going to win six titles. Because like I've said on the show so many times, you don't win championships in the NBA consistently unless you have great basketball players around you. It is a team sport. And so my biggest fear with Giannis is that he has some of that LeBron-type dynamic where he just never quite has consistent help um, in the form of, of a star that cares as much as he does and that is capable of producing consistently. All right, this is a fun one. Biggest what-if of Giannis's career. So, 2013 NBA draft. Giannis goes 15. Guess who had the number one pick in that draft? The Cleveland Cavaliers. If you might remember, they took Anthony Bennett, who's been out of the NBA for a very long time. That was a bad draft, or a weak draft, relative to other drafts around. Anthony Bennett went number one. Victor Oladipo went number two. Trivia time. Who do you guys think went number three that year? Role player for the Golden State Warriors. Otto Porter Jr., so again, weak draft. There, the Giannis film was weird. He's playing in these games where it kind of looked like he was playing against rec league players, you know. So it's really hard to tell if he's dominating because he's great or if he's dominating because he's playing rec league level players, right? And that led to the hesitancy. He's also very skinny and super super raw, and so he fell down to fifteen. But there was no player that was a home run pick in that draft. And if maybe the film was a little bit better, and if there was a little bit more of a tantalizing aspect to Giannis at that point in 2013, maybe the Cavs take him number one. And then we'd end up with LeBron and Giannis together in Cleveland, just destroying the world. (laughs) Like basically like imagine the LeBron Anthony Davis partnership is so good. Imagine the LeBron Giannis partnership with how much better Giannis is than Anthony Davis. It just would have been completely ridiculous. Um, anyway, in summation, this, this list has been a ton of fun. I've, uh, I've been always, I've always liked the idea of, of player rankings, not, not even so much from the standpoint of the numbers, because that's so subjective, but just the skill analysis, the, the, Diving into the differences between the players, the way they play, their approach to the game on a possession-by-possession basis, the difference in their skill sets. I've always been fascinated with that, but I've never had the time uh, with my other jobs to really dive into it the way that I did this year. And so actually having the time this year to just wake up every day and dive into these guys' skill sets and, and, and watch a ton of film and do this series has been a ton of fun. I know not everybody has agreed. I know every single pick that I've had, people have had issues with. You're not going to agree with my 
player analysis for everybody too. I had strengths and weaknesses for everybody. If you're mad that I talked about one of your players' weaknesses, I hate to break it to you. There's not a player on this list that I didn't talk about weaknesses for. And, you know, this channel is not a propaganda channel. If you want to, if you're a Steph fan and you want to only hear great things about Steph, I highly recommend you go find a show where, where they propagandize that stuff. That's not what you're going to get here. We, we're going to talk basketball. We're going to talk the good. We're going to talk the bad. And and it's it's going to be basketball focused. And and uh, I really sincerely appreciate you guys um, supporting the show, supporting the series. This has been fun. I've, I'm not entirely sure what the schedule is moving forward. We'll probably take a couple of days off now. Um, but we will eventually do some all-time stuff, which we got to approach now that Steph has won another title. We got to figure out where he lands in all of this. And then... If I'm not mistaken, we are less than two months away from the season starting. So we're going to probably have a Kevin Durant trade that we're going to break down. We're going to probably have a Russell Westbrook trade that we're going to break down. We're going to do season previews for all the important teams around the league. And then before you know it, it's going to be back to what it was last year. Five nights a week of us breaking down NBA basketball games, which I very much am looking forward to. All right, guys. I sincerely appreciate your support, and I'll see you in a few days. wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere like at your pregame barbecue while you prep your meats that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch garage and the car inside and without the right home and auto insurance coverage the cost to repair this could eat up your savings so bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this bundled savings variant are not available in every state coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions with the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.